Hello and welcome to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. In this episode, we'll be doing another pirate sermon, this time based on Exodus 14 and the famous account of the parting of the Red Sea. As always, thanks to Cody F. Miller for the use of his painting Balaam, which serves as the artwork for the podcast, as well as Michael Almquist and Five Iron Frenzy for the use of their song, My Evil Plan to Save the World. As ever, thanks to my ministry coach, Gene Talley. If you're looking for ministry coaching of pure awesomeness, please contact Gene at revtally at gmail.com. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Pi-ha-hirath, between Migdal and the sea. You shall camp in front of Baal-zephon, opposite it, by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the sons of Israel, They are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people. They said, What is this we have done? We have let Israel go from serving us? So he made his chariot ready and took his people with him. And he took 600 select chariots and all other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he chased after the sons of Israel. And the sons of Israel were going out boldly. Then the Egyptians chased after them with all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hahiroth in front of Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, It is because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. The angel of the Lord, who had been going out before the camp, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was a cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind and night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on the right and on their left. The Egyptians took up the pursuit, and Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and all his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. And the mo- at the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army 
of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve, and he made them uh, drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, Let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters may may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea turned to its normal state at daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on the right and left hand. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw that the the Egyptians were dead on the seashore. When Israel saw that the, saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. An epic tale comes to a dramatic climax here in Exodus 14. The imagery is striking. The Israelites are stuck against the sea. The thunder of Egyptian chariots must have been deafening as they closed in on the Israelites. God exhorts Moses almost seemingly hurrying him along when he states, Why are you crying to me? Almost like, shut up and get going, Moses. No time for talk. And then when we have this angel of God making his presence known to the Egyptian army by standing in between them and the camp of the Israelites. And now this mysterious cloud, too, hanging around the camp that that gives darkness but also gives light. He moves to the rear. It's a fantastical scene which I'm reminded of only by this. Yes, that's right, Star Wars, and of you who know me, had to know this episode was inevitable. And before you dismiss Star Wars as pure Zen Buddhism, hear me out. I think you'll be surprised at the themes of law and gospel, sin and grace and redemption and the forgiveness of sins from Star Wars, just as we played it, uh, just as we see it played out here in Exodus 15. Let's pick up the story in verse 8. It says, The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he chased after the sons of Israel, as the sons of Israel were going out boldly. Which I am reminded of by the warning of Yoda to Luke. But beware of the dark side, anger, fear, aggression, the dark side of the force I made. Easily they flow, quick to join you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny, consume you at will, as it did Obi-Wan's apprentice. Vader. Now keep in mind Israel is, is fleeing from centuries of oppressive slavery. From our modern perspective, Egypt was like the bad guys, the dark side, the evil people that we hope our heroes, the Israelites, will one day overcome, and indeed they do. And from this I'm reminded of the fact, uh, by, by one central fact rather, in, uh, in the Star Wars saga. No, not the rebels, uh, nor not Luke or Han or Leia, but Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader, that's right. Vader is the one who is in captivity to the darkness and oppression and sin. He is the one, out of all the people in that story, that needs redemption the most. The Emperor has been expecting you. I know, Father. So, you have accepted the truth. I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. That name 
no longer has any meaning for me. It is the name of your true self you've only forgotten. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. That was why you couldn't destroy me. That's why you won't bring me to your Emperor now. I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete. Indeed, you are powerful as the Emperor has foreseen. Come with me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. I will not turn, and you'll be forced to kill me. If that is your destiny... Suit your feelings, father. You can't do this. I feel the conflict within you. Let go of your hate. It is too late for me, son. The Emperor will show you the true nature of the Force. He is your master now. Then my father is truly dead. I love this because it's, quote, the son, Luke, and his suffering that brings redemption to Vader. You will not be turned. You will be destroyed. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I cheered and even shed a tear or two after I saw um, episode three, uh, when Anakin becomes Vader. And then I went back and watched Jedi again. Once you kind of know the long history of evil and oppression that uh, this person, Anakin, faces at the hands of his oppressor, the Emperor, um, to watch Vader pick that Emperor up, that oppressor um, that's been um, keeping him in darkness all those years and, and chuck him down that long shaft created a, a sense of overwhelming justice in me. And, and it's the same here in Exodus 15. Um Additionally, the types and shadows of Jesus and his ultimate victory on the cross here are thick in this passage, I think. First of all, it wouldn't be a stretch for us to say Jesus himself is in on this deal. We have the, quote, angel of God in verse 19. And we know from several other passages, such an angel, as it were, is mentioned here. Uh, as as is mentioned here, is probably a Christophany. In other words, a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. Uh, an appearance of our Lord Jesus before his birth as a man, serving his role as the second person of the Godhead. So let's just take that as a given for a second, and I think it'll make sense in the context. If the angel of God is Jesus, look what he does. Verse 19, the angel of the Lord, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them also. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. In other words, the, the these two things, this angel and this cloud, are standing between the armies of Egypt and the camp of Israel, right? This, I think, is a very beautiful portion of the account. The angel, who, again, I believe is Jesus, moved and went behind them. Along with this pillar cloud thingy, uh, which if we pushed it, might actually be the Holy Spirit. Nah, we won't go that far, but it's possible. It's possible. Too little evidence, though, to prove prove it conclusively. But it's interesting to think about this cloud as being the Holy Spirit. So you've actually got a Trinitarian action going on here. Anyway, um, where does Jesus stand as the Egyptians approach the people of Israel? He stands in between the camp of Egypt in the camp of Israel. Verse 20. And thus the one did not come near the other all night, as I mentioned. From our perspective, where does Jesus stand? He stands between us and sin, death, and the devil. He stands in the gap. That which will he stands in the gap between that, that which will destroy us and that which will save us. Jesus stood between the armies of darkness, which was Egypt, and the camp of his people, the Israelites. Isn't it amazing and comforting to know that even though we run from a foe, which if he overtakes us will certainly enslave us and ultimately kill us, that Jesus, the man God, steps between us and that foe, that we might be saved, that we might be redeemed, that we might be rescued. What's more amazing even now is that the birth, the life, the death on a cross, the resurrection of Jesus from the grave, and his ascension into heaven offers redemption not only to us, but to oppressors, to people like the Egyptian soldiers maybe of that day. If you're like me, you feel more like Vader, someone who is consumed with darkness, and that darkness... uh, draws them 
and tempts them to oppress others. And you wonder if there's any redemption available for you. This, friends, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that now because it is finished, the, the Egyptian army isn't a bunch of men who are unredeemable, but simply a shadow, a type for sin, death, and the devil that relentlessly pursues us. There are no people that live today who cannot be redeemed by the power of Christ. For even the most wicked and vile among us, Jesus stands in the gap for us and says, You are forgiven. You are saved from an army that would once enslave you and kill you. You are free. Thanks for listening to God Still Speaks Through Jackasses. We'd love to get your feedback. Please email me with your thoughts at discussion at godstillspeaksthroughjackasses.org or hit me up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash godstillspeaksthroughjackasses. All third-party material is used under the authority of the Copyright Act of 1976-17 United States Code Section 107 Fair Use, including but not limited to the Star Wars Saga Episodes 3, 5, and 6, written by George Lucas, 20th Century Fox, 1980, 83, and 2005. Save the world Just you wait till it's unfurled 